May 29th. And now we look into the New Testament reading for today, and it will be from the book of John, chapter 18, verses 1 through 24. Here's what's going on in this chapter of the book of John. Judas depended on the strength of numbers, Peter on the strength of his arm, Annas and Caiaphas on the strength of their position, but Jesus on the strength of love and devotion to the Father. Jesus had a cup in his hand, not a sword, but that cup was his scepter. He was in complete control. On the other hand, Peter fought when he should have yielded and followed when he should have fled. Yielding and fleeing looked like defeat, but they were the Father's will, and Peter should have obeyed. While Jesus was giving his witness to the high priest, Peter was outside denying the Lord. Which was the successful witness, Peter or Jesus? Well, it's pretty obvious. Now, as a Roman governor, Pilate was worried about the threat of another kingdom. Verse 36, as we shall see, is certainly a rebuke to believers who follow the example of Peter. At Pentecost, Peter wielded the sword of the Spirit and won a victory. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. May 29th, John chapter 18, verses 1 through 24. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas the betrayer knew this place because Jesus had gone there many times with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a battalion of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him. Stepping forward to meet them, he asked, Whom are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas was standing there with them when Jesus identified himself. And as he said, I am he, they all fell backward to the ground. Once more he asked them, Whom are you searching for? And again they replied, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement, I have not lost a single one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's servant. But Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their commanding officer and the temple guards, arrested Jesus and tied him up. First they took him to Annas, the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had told the other Jewish leaders, Better that one should die for all. Simon Peter followed along behind, as did another of the disciples. That other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he was allowed to enter the courtyard with Jesus. Peter stood outside the gate. Then the other disciple spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, "'Aren't you one of Jesus' disciples?' "'No,' he said, "'I am not.' The guards and the household servants were standing around a charcoal fire they had made, because it was cold." and Peter stood there with them, warming himself. Inside, 
the high priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he had been teaching them. Jesus replied, What I teach is widely known, because I have preached regularly in the synagogues and the temple. I have been heard by people everywhere, and I teach nothing in private that I have not said in public. Why are you asking me this question? Ask those who heard me. They know what I said. One of the temple guards standing there struck Jesus on the face. Is that the way to answer the high priest, he demanded? Jesus replied, If I said anything wrong, you must give evidence for it. Should you hit a man for telling the truth? Then Annas bound Jesus and sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. Listen to me very closely. If you don't have belief, if you don't have hope, if you don't have faith, you ain't got nothing. The first level to success in the classroom, the first level to success in school, the first level to success in sports, the first level to success in life. Listen to me, the very first level, the very first level is you seeing it. Like it's clear to you. Like you know exactly, exactly what you want. You know exactly when you want it. Listen to me. You know exactly what it tastes like. You know what it looks like. You know what it smells like. Before you really blow up, blow up, and you get success, like you literally have it in the palm of your hand without having it. What does your dream look like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? Who gave me five grand when I was at Michigan State doing my program? I didn't get a, I didn't have no budget. But I didn't need a budget. I had a dream. I didn't need no help. The president never came and said to me, E.T., we're going to help your program for this institution, Lord. The president never came, and I never quit. I never gave up. Why? Because it wasn't her dream in the first place. It was my dream. It was my goal. I don't expect you to believe in my dream like I believe in my dream. And the problem with some of y'all is you want somebody else to support your dream. It's yours. It's your dream. If you want it to happen, get your butt up and make it happen. If you want it to happen, rise and grind. And I had a teacher in the PhD program to tell me I love it. She said, Eric, you don't write well enough to get a PhD. I said, thank you. You're going to be the first person I call when I finish and sign you a copy. The people who blew up, they blew up because there was something that was going wrong in their life and they took that pain and they turned that pain into something. How do you go to class when it's 10 degrees and 12 inches of snow? You know how you do it? Because you know your mama broke and she working two jobs and taking on a loan for you to go to school. I laugh at kids whose parents are broke and they're up there partying like everybody else. Your mama broke. Some of us, we taking our loans and sending it home so people can pay rent. That money ain't even going to college, and we still going to parties. I'm saying, what kind of brotherhood is that when you got my man up at 2 o'clock in the morning washing your car and going to get you groceries when you should be helping this kid to study? Listen to me. If you don't have hope, if you don't have faith, if you don't have belief, you ain't got nothing. I want my son to have a better life than I had. I don't want my son begging like I had to beg. I don't want my son to ever think he got to sell dope or he got to steal from the mall.
Somebody say, E, what's your alarm clock? My passion. My dreams wake me up. I don't need no alarm clock. I'm going to bed pissed that I got to go to bed. Some of you going to sleep and you don't deserve to be. You don't deserve rest. You're lazy. You don't deserve rest. Rest is for people who work. You ain't doing nothing. Every day you chilling. You need to know your why. And my why wakes me up every single morning. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? And that's so important. Look, ain't no more talking. This is it. If you ready to take your game to the next level in whatever it is, sports, life, business, whatever it is, health, listen to me very closely. You got to change that mindset. Somebody came up to me. They said, E.T., man, I'm tired, E.T. I'm tired, E.T. I put in the work, E.T. I'm not seeing the results, E.T. I'm ready to give up, E. I'm ready to give in, E. I did what you told me to do. I read the book you told me to read. I put in the hours you told me to put in. E, I'm doing it and I'm not seeing anything. My why is every single day when I wake up, every minute of the day, every hour of the day, I have an opportunity. Somebody who quit, somebody who gave up, somebody who stopped in life. I have the power at my nickname, the refresher. I have the power as the refresher to make you believe again, to make you get up when you got up three times and you say, I'm not getting up no more. When you get to the point where enough is enough, when you get to the point where it hurt real bad, when you get to the point you can't take it no more, when you get to that point, I'm telling you, I can't explain it to you, but doors start opening, opportunities start happening, but what you cannot do is you cannot quit doing the process. My why, my why. I'm about to wrap this thing up, listen to me, you can't make a difference. Until you make a decision. Today we're reading Psalm 119. Verses 97 through 112. Those who love God's Word and obey it develop a practical wisdom for guiding their lives. It is dangerous to learn from your enemies, and both your teachers and your elderly friends may not know what you need to know. Learn all you can from every good source. But let God, not man, be your teacher. Because in a dark world, God's Word will be your light to keep you from the traps and detours of the enemy. God gives you the light you need to make one step at a time. If you want more light, you must obey what He says, then more light will come. God sends the light into your heart and gives you the wisdom you need. Psalm 119, verses 97 through 112. Oh, how I love your law! I think about it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for your commands are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your decrees. I am even wiser than my elders, 
for I have kept your commandments. I have refused to walk on any path of evil, that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your laws, for you have taught me well. How sweet are your words to my taste! They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once, and I'll promise again. I will obey your wonderful laws. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again just as you promised. Lord, accept my grateful thanks and teach me your laws. My life constantly hangs in the balance, but I will not stop obeying your law. The wicked have set their traps for me along your path, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your decrees are my treasure. They are truly my heart's delight. I am determined to keep your principles, even forever, to the very end. Proverbs 16, verses 8 and 9. It is better to be poor and godly than rich and dishonest. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps.